everyone, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and this is Valley Talks. Today I'm very happy to welcome Nick Larson, co-founder and CEO of Evlo, a platform where you can easily and conveniently buy local furniture and art. Hello Nick, it's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you much for having me, I really appreciate it. Tell us what Evlo actually does. Sure, so Evlo, or Everything Local, is the easiest way to find local art and furniture like you said. Uh, essentially what we are is a web and mobile platform that connects buyers to sellers. So we allow our users to search everywhere at once by color, price, style and more. And we bring new revenue and analytics to our partners. So we help you find your piece and we'll actually bring it directly to you with no obligation to buy. So we're pretty excited. Yeah, that's super interesting. How come there is no obligation to buy? Great question. So we realized that uh, people want to see things in person before they purchase. So we figured adding this value component would take some of the frustrations of uh, both finding and getting the piece actually delivered to your house, outfitting your home. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine when you browse online furniture and art, how it's going to be looking in your house. Um, one of the options or solutions that are now popping up, I guess, is that you could take a picture of your room and they would kind of try to position the furniture in your room, but that's still a digital experience. With, with your platform, you can, you can check it right away, like in reality, right? Exactly, we say, why have virtual reality when you could have reality? <laughs> so essentially, we have, um, we have interior designers that we can actually have our users connect with right over the application, send a picture, they can make recommendations, and kind of give that, that really, you know, that white glove experience to, mm. to help you find your perfect piece. Do they have to pay for the interior designer um, consultation? So that's actually gratis or on the house, so to speak. Mm, yeah, it? so it's, a, it's something that we wanted to provide our users to really just have uh, what uh, Peter Thiel calls the 10x difference between the next experience or to have something truly revolutionary, it has to be 10 times better. So we're trying to do, do that for design, bring design to everyone. I'm so happy you guys are now on the market because I've been wanting to use you for so many times. Yeah, happy to help. Thank you. Sure. And tell me, um, tell me the story of how the idea came about. Yeah. So of course. So my co-founder Ivan Zhao was uh, living in Beijing, and then he moved to San Francisco a few years ago, and he purchased a, a yellow couch online. He has a pretty special taste. Uh huh. And four weeks later, it showed up, but unfortunately, it was kind of uncomfortable. The color was a little bit different. He could tell that it, uh, the quality wasn't really there. So he sent it back and um, he incurred a 30% restocking fee. So that was a big frustration. Um, so we were working together at the time. And he said, hey Nick, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I have an idea for business. So I was intrigued, naturally. Uh -huh. And we decided um, that we could take the best of the online and the best of the offline and put them together for one seamless experience for our user. Were you working somewhere at that time? Yeah, I was working at a company called Extelisys. It was a data networking and application software company. And Ivan was working at a publishing company that was a client of mine. Uh, so tell me about your previous experience. What were you doing before Evlo? And you come from uh, here, right? You're local. Yeah, uh, so I grew up in Los Gatos, went to San Jose State University where I studied marketing and economics. and. Uh, well, I started the surf school when I was a lot younger and realized I liked the flexibility of, of working for myself and, and uh, owning a small business, so that was cool. Um, from there, I transferred to a company, or I moved to a company called 8x8, which is essentially kind of Vonage, but for business, so uh, VOIP font systems. 
and uh, then from there, Extelsis, where I met Ivan. Okay, and did you quit your job uh, right away when you decided to work for Evlo, or did it take you some time? How, how did you combine these things? Yeah, it can be kind of tricky juggling rent and, yeah. and living, especially in San Francisco. So for about six to eight months, um, after we had originally incorporated and got accepted into the Wilson Sonsini Business Incubator, which is actually not too far from here, right, right next to the ballpark, um, we, I worked at a, at a company as well. Um, but then from there, we, you know, I left my job, we had a couple full-time employees, and mm -hmm. we just really just hit the pavement and started, started uh, doing this big time. So how did it feel for you to be working somewhere full time and also doing your startup? Because I guess that that's pretty common for most of the founders. And I know that they struggle. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty hard. Um, some of them feel like if they left the job, they could bring their startup to a next level faster and get more money faster. So it's like a closed circle. How did it feel for you? Yeah, uh, that makes sense. If you can commit more time and energy to a project, it's, it's going to go faster and it's going to go better. But um, I juggled the two pretty well. Um, I was only getting a few hours of sleep per night, but it was a passion project. And so it was something that we're all really excited about, democratizing design, bringing design locally and supporting local business and this, this new model. So the entire team was really excited about it. So it was less of a chore and more of a, a privilege. We're really excited to work on it. Yeah, and do you miss the paycheck now? Yeah, I mean, of course, but, <laughs> but you know, we're looking long term. Uh -huh. And certainly this is something that we see paying off, uh, you know, in, in multiple ways. And how about the financing? Um, did you start looking for investors right away? Yeah, yeah, we, we, ch we chatted with a couple different friends who had raised money before. Mm -hmm. I mean, did a lot of reading. Um, a lot of watching Silicon Valley, right? Uh-huh. And we basically um, kind of did some fact gathering and pattern recognition. So what does this typically look like to raise money? Uh, who should we talk to? And it turns out there's a lot of different resources online like, like AngelList, um, uh, Forbes, Entrepreneur, a lot of these online resources that can give you like great feedback. So there's a combination between mm -hmm. that and just talking to friends who had raised, raised capital for their own ventures as well. How did you find your first investors? Yeah, our first investors were actually a recommendation from, from a friend. And so we shared the idea. It actually happened fairly quickly uh, within three meetings. I understand the average is about eight meetings be before you actually get a check. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've, we've raised a couple small checks and we're looking, to, uh, we're looking to raise more. What is your experience with raising money? Um, what advice would you give to other startup founders on uh, talking to investors and convincing them to invest. Sure. Well, there's a, there's a number of different things that make for a successful venture. One of them is luck, right? You don't really, you can't control that. But the things you can control are the team, the, the product, uh, making sure that the market you go into has a lot of opportunity. It's mm -hmm. ripe for disruption or to be innovated. Um, and then I would also, I would strongly recommend when you're talking to these investors, say, look, we, we don't just want your money. We're looking for a partner, somebody that could give us real feedback, ideally with somebody in the space. Um, one of the one of the angel investors that we're currently uh, that we're currently courting, I guess you could say, uh, he has a lot of experience mm -hmm. in the furniture industry, uh, from a retailer, uh, from a wholesaler, manufacturing, and so we're able to kind of say, hey, we have these frustrations uh, dealing from it like a day to day, 
can you advise us on how to do that? And you know, he has very unique feedback. Um, so that really helps a lot too. You mentioned to me before that you just started getting revenue yeah. with the platform. And tell me, actually, when you had the idea, you decided to go for it, what were your first steps to, to do? Did you decide to build the, uh, the platform first or did you look for the partnerships? What did you start working on? So we kind of ran those in parallel. So mm -hmm. we started building the platform, um, which is, again, kind of like an aggregate of you know, furniture, art, lighting, rugs, all these different components for your home, and then tagging them by, by all the different components like color, size, you know, um, so on and so forth. Um, but then we're also building the platform at the same time and working with uh, our, our partners to get the content onto our platform. How about the engineers? Uh, did you have friends that could help you out or were you looking for people to hire? Yeah, our team is a really important component and we were fortunate to have uh, some friends who knew the back-end infrastructure but then also the front-end application and, and making those two talk to each other and connect. So uh, we were pretty lucky, I would say, making sure that we had the right resources and that they were friends. We didn't have to outsource that, which was great, because we want to have a consistent working environment where we can keep each other excited and passionate moving forward. And it's, it's that energy and the attitude of, of meeting consistently that really helps. Good that they were your friends, but still you would need to convince them somehow to start devoting their time to your startup. Yeah. How do you do that? I was, I was very sneaky. No. <laughs> Basically, we just we sold them on the vision. We said, look, I haven't had this frustration. Um, he looked, well, both of us did a lot of market research to see if, is there something like this on the market? And there's, there was nothing available. And so we saw the opportunity to disrupt this, this kind of legacy industry. Um, for example, interior designers they, are, they have a, a limited amount of um, pieces that they really get to work with and recommend, but they are also kind of beholden to these groups. Um, so on top of that, they're charging a 30% markup. And so that in conjunction with the high revenues, or excuse me, the high margin in the furniture industry, we saw a huge opportunity for us to, to do something really special. So you just convinced them that it's worth it? Yeah, we, we sold them on the vision. There are six employees total at your company. Yep. And how did you find your first hires outside of the friends? Did you, did you already look for employees? Did you put ads online? How was the hiring process? We made sure to keep it kind of within uh, the friend group, I mm -hmm. guess you could say. Okay. Um, rather than hiring people off, offline, we could kind of vet their personality to make sure that they were going to mesh well with the rest of the team. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we spend more time together than we do with our significant others. So it's you know, sometimes like we want to strangle each other, but you know, we, we make sure to keep the, the project and the company uh, the most important thing. Um, so long story short, we, uh, we kept it uh, just by recommendation of friends and were able to kind of cherry pick different talent. Where do you work from now? You are based in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Do you rent a co-working space? Do you have an office? Do you work from home? Yeah, we work at a couple different locations uh, depending on where convenient for everybody. Uh, but typically we work at the Wilson Sonsini Business Incubator. They're at uh, 139 Townsend, about a, a block from the ballpark. And uh, yeah, they've been, they've been terrific. Not just legal counsel, but uh, really a, a partner as far as like um, ideas on how to market or maybe new functionality mm -hmm. that we want to introduce to the application. Uh, so yeah, that's, that was pretty pretty big deciding factor on us to deciding to go with them. They've got an excellent location and it works really well for our team. So you moved from Los Gatos to San Francisco mm -hmm. and you live here. 
you're paying the uh, famous rent. Yeah. It's... And uh, how do you like living here? How is the social? How does the social life look here? Social life? I, I don't know. I'm always too busy working. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. It's. I mean, it's it's wonderful, right? It's like a very. Uh, it's a very cohesive uh, city, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. People are, are very ambitious, but they don't have the ego. They're actually just interested in creating mm -hmm. awesome projects and awesome products for to people to make their lives better. So um, it, we kind of keep each other inspired and, and motivated. And um, for example, when I take a, a Lyft or an Uber, I always take Lyft Line or Uber Pool. And people always ask, you know, hey, what do you do? And I can share a little bit about yeah. Evlo, um, you know, ask some questions back. And typically we end up connecting on LinkedIn and it's, you know, it, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how many different connections in common we always have. So that's, that's pretty cool for us. Yeah, that's what I also observe in San Francisco and I think pretty much everyone can um, agree that you can talk to everyone here and it doesn't really matter what's their position, what's their experience, what's their um, you know, amount of money in the bank and everyone feel, feels pretty equal and yeah. you can never tell from the look uh, you know, what's their position, everyone looks the same, so aside of the, you know, the uh, homeless people, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they I, are pretty distinctive, but yeah. Right, right. That's, it's interesting you say that. I just read an article in the Bold Italic, which is a, a local San Francisco publication, and they said on the surface, it seems that San Francisco is kind of uh, closed off, people keep to themselves, but you know, I, I found that once you start going to events, and meeting people and getting mm -hmm. getting involved and engaged in the community that it's you know it's a it, you know there's a lot of energy and excitement and it's it's not closed off at all so that yeah. really resonated with me when i read that article yeah and i also heard there is even when you would say that there is a fomo uh, experience <laughs> with startups like fear of missing out yeah 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 there is also a fomo of missing an event mm -hmm. did you experience that at all so that people try to be in couple places at the same time. There is so much going on. Yeah, I mean, with with the amount of uh, talent and excitement and, and energy that's here, I feel like every night there's something, um, you know, there's something different going on. So that certainly can be a can be a problem. But I tr we're trying to have a pretty good balance of you know work and play. You were born and raised here, and actually you were experiencing you know the changes in the middle of technological enormous growth. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your observation about that? What's your memory from when you were small, you know, going to primary school and growing up here to what it is right now? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I'm really glad to have memories of, of not knowing what the internet was. <laughs> I think that was... Me too, yeah, yes. Exactly, just because it's like, a, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a wonderful tool and it's done a lot of good, but I, I think people can be sometimes a little bit detached, right? But um, yeah, it's, it, it's been interesting to kind of see the transformation. I mean, I'm not old enough to, to have remembered the, the valley being like a bunch of peach orchards or mm -hmm. whatever it is. But uh, yeah, the, the progress is, has been really neat to see. Okay, let's go back to your product for a sec. Um, I'm really interested in your promise that, you, that people can um, that people are not obliged to buy the furniture they mm -hmm. are ordering. Yeah. I can imagine they pay up, they pay up front, but they, they, can, they get the refund when they don't want it? So how it would work is they reach out to us through our application. There's a, a big red button that says Ask Evlo, 
and you can click that to talk with our interior designers, or that you can click the try before you buy button, and mm. we'll actually engage with you and bring the piece directly to your home. Um, and so they wouldn't they wouldn't have to purchase it ahead of time or or anything like that. Uh, but we found that the average transaction is a thirty five percent success rate, and actually that's with traditional brick and mortar uh, stores. I, I imagine it'll probably be a little bit higher when we actually bring the piece in person and. Um, and the person and the user can actually see the piece in in their house. Um, so, so, so yeah. I hope that answered your question. Yeah. So this feature is uh, profitable for you guys. It's not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, because looking at it from uh, the side, you could think that okay, they are promising it, but how they can really deliver this promise uh, people would be ordering stuff and returning it it doesn't make sense yeah yeah but they are just not returning it that's what happens well we we actually ran the numbers and, and we're cash flow positive whether mm -hmm. or not the user decides to uh, purchase the item um, and we're doing it all ourselves because we want to maintain the the customer inter, uh, interaction or the integrity of, of that interaction and have really positive brand awareness and and show everybody that, you know, hey, we're a real company, we're real people, and excited to kind of help uh, push design forward in, the, in this capacity. Is it also why you offer local furniture, so that it's easier for you logistic-wise to pick it up and deliver and everything like that? Exactly. San Francisco is really suitable as, a, as an, a, an initial launch city mm -hmm. to, to work this home because, you know, people are constantly moving from place to place, um, they're tech savvy and they, they like working with uh, you know new companies they want immediate gratification uh, they love design so th there's a lot of reasons why Evlo is a is a very natural fit for for San Francisco uh, how did you find your first users customers that would be buying furniture um, so our first users we did a we had a, a pretty differentiated marketing campaign so paid and unpaid online uh, some guerrilla tactics, like we printed out a bunch of three by five cards, and you know mm -hmm. we're handing them out on the street. Um, and then we're we're building virality into the product as well, so that, like a share component or some other features. Um, but our first users were just friends and family, and we said, you know, hey, how can we make this product something that you would absolutely love? Um, we have a professional photographer right now that takes all the pieces. Uh, or all the pictures, so all the images are really high quality, mm -hmm. and the experience is, uh, you know, we we think pretty special. Um, and then we just we want to keep iterating, keep making it better, more engaging, and uh, hmm. so on and so forth. You incorporated almost a year ago, and you launched your product a couple months ago, mm -hmm. and so now you're providing services locally in San Francisco mm -hmm. and in the whole Bay Area too. Yeah, we have some partners in uh, the South Bay mm -hmm. and along the peninsula, but the majority of our partners, we have close to 70 partners and growing, is uh, in San Francisco. But we're working on a piece right now that I'm, I'm particularly excited about. It's a, a mobile partner portal mm -hmm. that allows the store owner or maybe a store clerk to take a picture with their phone uh, and take a picture of the tag and, um, and then we'll will upload everything else. So all the components will be searchable mm. in, the, in our database. So we'll really be able to scale that way. Because so far you probably were uh, just visiting the, uh, the stores and the furniture companies and like talking to them, hey, it's us, we have this platform. Was it like that or was it in a different way? No, you're, you're right. The, the first couple were mm -hmm. a little tricky because you know, say, well, 
well, who else are you working with? And I was like, well, yeah, you're our first one, you know, uh-huh. but uh, they got the idea that we're going to be able to drive unique traffic yeah. to them, provide analytics. Um, because and, and it's free for them too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, there's really high margins in the furniture industry. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense for us to kind of come in and, um, and help, help drive that traffic. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting when, when we were taking pictures of pieces at these different, uh, at our different partner sites, we would see maybe one to two people walk in off the street per day. And that doesn't seem sustainable. Um, so that's, that's something that we wanted to fix. Mm-hmm. What is your vision for Evlo? What do you want to provide in a couple next years? What do you want to be in the future? Wow, I, I think... I think the sky's the limit as far as as far as Evlo being a local resource plus delivery. Uh, for now, it certainly makes sense that we kind of hone in on this design strategy, mm-hmm. um, much like Jeff Bezos did with uh, Amazon. First, he focused on books, and then you know really just crushed that market, and then he moved to CDs and DVDs, and then now it's kind of like a it's a it's a marketplace for everything. And I, I think that's that's where we could really excel as well. So, so we have, say you go on a business trip to Chicago and you forgot your, uh, your favorite blue North Face fleece, um, you could type those components in, the size, you know, the color, and um, all the different locations that are on the Evlo platform would populate. And you could go to which one is closest or has the best price or whatever suits you best as a user. Yeah, so we keep fingers crossed for for Evlo growing that big. Yeah, Poland's next. Yes, Poland's (laughs) next, for sure. I'm sure they would have this need and uh, I hope I would find you guys a couple years ago, as I said, so that it would help me a lot. And uh, Nick, great. Thank you so much for coming. It was a great pleasure to have you here. Where can we find more information about Evlo? Yeah, thank you for having me again. Um, You can go to our website. It's EVLO. .co, like everything local, and then also we're on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram and, and all that good stuff as well. So, all right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks you for joining me. All right. Thank you.